You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And very pleasant. Good morning, everybody. It's always good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And last night at City Field, the Marlins opened up a brief two-game set against the New York Mets. Pablo Lopez went opposite of Carlos Carrasco. And with a recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. A good start for the Marlins on this, their final road trip of the 2022 season. They have beaten the New York Mets tonight, 6-4 at City Field. The Mets fall into a first-place tie with the Braves in the National League East because the Braves have beaten the Nationals 8-2 in Washington. Miami tonight jumping on Carlos Carrasco early. Top half of the first with one out. Carrasco hit Miguel Rojas with a pitch. Brian Anderson singled. Garrett Cooper singled. And the Marlins had the bases loaded with one out, four batters in for Brian De La Cruz. Counts full. Pitcher De La Cruz in the air. Center field for Nimmo. Drifting to his left. Runner tags from third. Rojas. Catch made. Mickey's coming home. Throws headed toward third base. And on a De La Cruz sack fly, the Marlins take a 1-0 lead in the first. After a walk to J.J. Blade, the Marlins had the bases loaded again with two outs when Carrasco let one get away. 0-2 to Stallings, is in the dirt, goes to the backstop, racing home Anderson, and on the two-out wild pitch, it's 2-0 Miami, right through the legs of McCann. That's a break with two strikes and two outs. Absolute break right there. Well, eventually Stallings would fly to right, but it was a 33-pitch first inning for Carlos Carrasco, who came in a hot pitcher looking for his 16th win, and the Marlins had a 2-0 lead. Pablo Lopez has struggled against the Mets this year. We knew that coming in. Pablo in 2022 facing this Mets ball club. 1-3 with an 11-34 ERA in four starts. Lifetime 3-5, a 6-53 ERA in 10 starts. But tonight he retired the first nine consecutive hitters. Got through three innings on 36 pitches. And in the top half of the third inning, Miami extended the lead with one out. Brian De La Cruz doubled, continuing his recent surge he was at second base for J.J. Blade. He's earned his way out there. 2-1 to Blade. It's a towering fly ball deep down the right field line. Into the corner, Naquin at the wall. That is a fair ball and a home run for J.J. Blade. It's 4-0 Marlins. Blade with his fifth long ball of the season. RBIs 12-13 and 13 at the big league level. And the Marlins had a 4-0 lead. So Pablo is cruising along with that lead. But... In the fourth inning, facing the top of the order second time around, things came a little bit unglued for Lopez. Brandon Nimmo led off with a single to the left side, beating the shift. Francisco Lindor also going the other way against the shift. He doubled, and the Mets had runners at second and third, nobody out. Lopez got Jeff McNeil, the second leading hitter in the league, to pop to shortstop for the first out. So the runners stayed at second and third, but then he had to face the number two home run hitter and the number one RBI man in the National League, the always dangerous Pete Alonzo. 3-2 pitch. That's hit in the air. Deep to left field. Bladez back at the wall. Number 40 for Pete Alonzo. And we got a ball game. It's 4-3. Pete Alonzo with the fifth 40 home run season ever by a New York Met. It's his second. He's only met with multiple 40 home run seasons in his career. Alonzo made his big league debut on opening day 2019. Since then, he leads the majors in home runs, 146. He leads the majors in RBIs, 380. Adding to his total 
against Pablo on a 3-2 changeup in inning number four. So it was a 4-3 game, but this was huge. In the top of the fifth, the Marlins answered. Brian Anderson, the leadoff double. Garrett Cooper then hit by a pitch. Coop would immediately leave the game, and we got word a little bit later on that Cooper, after x-rays, has a fractured fifth metacarpal, the pinky, in his left hand. Garrett Cooper's season is going to be over after this, his 119th game. So Charles LeBlanc came on to pinch run. Two on with nobody out in the fifth inning. Brian De La Cruz struck out for the first out. J.J. Blade then singled, loading the bases for Jacob Stallings. The 0-2. Line drive right center. Down for a base hit. Anderson scores. LeBlanc is waved. Throw to the plate will be cut off by Alonzo. No, it goes through. Alonzo tried to cut it, went past him. And the Marlins score two on a big hit by Stallings. They're back up three now at 6-3. to three. That is a huge hit by Jacob Stallings. He fell behind Williams. So no sooner had Alonzo with the home run to pull the Mets back within a single run against Pablo than Stallings the big two-out hit in the fifth inning. And the Marlins had a three-run lead back at 6-3. to three. Pablo would make it through six tonight, allowing just the three runs in the Alonzo long ball. Gave up five hits, didn't walk anybody, struck out five, 91 pitches, 62 strikes. Lopez with a 3.90 season ERA coming out of this ball game tonight. On the other side, Carlos Carrasco was pulled after three innings. Six hits, four runs, a walk, two strikeouts. He hit a man, allowed the home run to Blade, 67 pitches, 41 strikes. Trevor Williams out of the bullpen. Worked a couple of innings, allowed two runs on three hits. And uh, it was a 6-3 game when Waskar Brazabon took over for Pablo in the seventh. Brazabon allowed a leadoff hit to Mark Canna, but retired the next three in a row. Then in the eighth in a 6-3 game, Richard Blyer got the first two outs. Brandon Nimmo ground ball to third, and Francisco Lindor a fly ball to right. But then Jeff McNeil singled. McNeil, who started the night, tied for eighth in the league in hits, had two and four at-bats tonight. No Marlins pitcher had been called for a balk all season. But John Tumpane, the first base umpire, called Blyer for a balk with Alonzo at the plate, and McNeil took second base. Then ball one to Pete Alonzo. Prior to the next pitch, John Tumpane again called a balk on Richard Blyer. That advanced McNeil to third base. And with McNeil at third and Alonzo still at the plate, you'll never guess what happened next. The 3-1, Alonzo takes a called strike at the knees. He started for first base. And they called another balk! Oh, my god! They called another balk! I've never seen this before. It's horrific. Donnie's going to get kicked out of this game. Donnie's coming out. Now, Donnie's talking with Ryan Blakeney, the home plate umpire, and Donnie's been thrown out. Well, you knew that was going to happen. Now, Donnie's walking toward John Tumpane, the first base umpire, who's walking in toward the plate. So the run scores on the balk, and Alonzo is still at the plate. Forget about ball four. Horrible. Horrible. Made it a 6-4 game. You still have the matter of Alonzo at the plate, but to Richard Blyer's credit, despite being irate, he was able to get Alonzo to ground to second, and that ended the bottom of the eighth inning. So Blyer called for three balks in one inning of work tonight. It's just the second time in Major League history a pitcher has been charged with three balks in an outing in which he worked an inning or less. Jim Gott of the Pittsburgh Pirates was called for three balks in two-thirds of an inning against these New York Mets on August 6, 1988. 
It's the first time any Marlins pitcher's been called for three balks in an appearance of any length. There had been nine games with two balks. Most recently, Chris Hatcher, May 23rd, 2014, in a game at home against the Brewers. Richard Blyer tonight, who had not been called for a single balk in his entire Major League career, is called for three in the span of a single hitter by this umpiring crew in New York. Blyer coming into this game had pitched in 303 Major League games, 295 in the third innings, never called for a balk, called for three in the eighth inning. So it was 6-4 when that inning concluded. Marlins couldn't score against Edwin Diaz in the top of the ninth. He struck out three, though. He did allow a double to Brian De La Cruz, who went two for four tonight with a sack fly, a couple of doubles, a run batted in, and a run scored. That sent this game into the bottom of the ninth. Marlins six and the Mets four. Dylan Floro out of the bullpen to try to lock things down. He caught Daniel Vogelback looking at a fastball for strike three out number one. He caught Mark Canna looking at a fastball for strike three for out number two. Two down, nobody on. Mets down to their final out. Eduardo Escobar was the hitter. Floro is a guy who's very comfortable in this spotlight. Ninth inning, and he's a strike away from ending it. 6-4 Marlins, two outs, bottom of the ninth. The 0-2 to Escobar. Got him swinging. A fastball up, and the Marlins come into City Field and beat the Mets 6-4. The Mets fall into a first-place tie in the National League East. The Mets are 97-58. The Braves are 97-58. This is going to be a fun final week. Marlins win at 6-4. We'll come back with final thoughts from Rod Allen. So 6-4 of the final for Miami. Six runs, 11 hits, no errors, nine left. Marlins went four for 16 with men in scoring position. Mets were able to come up with four runs tonight on seven hits. They made an error, left three. They were just one for two with men in scoring position. Not many chances tonight. Pablo Lopez, the winning pitcher, 10-10. Carlos Carrasco, the loser, 15-7. Marlins beat Carrasco for the first time ever. He'd been... 5-0 5-0 and oh in nine career starts against Miami coming into this one tonight. Mets had been 7-0 and oh in games he had started against the Marlins over the last two seasons. Dylan Floro strikes out the side of the ninth for save number eight. This one took three hours, 17 minutes to complete. So the Marlins now have won three of their last four. They improved to 64-90 and 90 on the season. Now 32-44 and 44 on the road. As for the Mets, just their third loss in their last 11 games. The Mets with the second-best record in the National League and the third-best in baseball fall to 97-58. and 58. Now tied with the Braves atop the National League East. Mets are 50-27 and 27 at home. But of those 27 home losses, now four of them have come against the Marlins, who are 4-5 and five in this ballpark this season, and 6-12 and 12 against the Mets overall. Mentioned 11 hits for Miami in this ballgame. Brian Anderson went 3-for-5, two singles, a double, and a couple of runs scored. Marlins got a pair of doubles from Brian De La Cruz, who added a sack flying in RBI, so he was two for four tonight. Also scored a run. J.J. Blade went two for four. A single, a two-run homer, and a walk. The big two-out, two-strike, two-run hit by Jacob Stallings in the fifth inning. The difference in this one as the Marlins take game one of this series at City Field, 6-4 over the Mets. Marlins pitchers with eight strikeouts tonight. You know all about the partnership the Marlins have formed with AutoNation again this year. The the Marlins and Nation working together to strike out cancer in our communities. Every time Marlins pitcher records a strikeout in 2022, $25 is donated to Nation's Tri-Pick Initiative to support cancer research. 8Ks tonight, $200 from the Marlins to Nation for the season. Now 1,354 strikeouts, 
That means a total of $33,850 from the Marlins to Auto Nation's Drive Pink initiative. Oh boy, there's a lot to unpack from that ball game last night. The good news, Marlins collect their 64th victory of the season. The Mets are set back to 97 and 58. They are all square in the National League East with the Atlanta Braves. Okay, a ton of folks to hear from. Let's at least start with the Marlins manager, Don Mattingly, after the Marlins win. Uh, Donnie, just starting with Pablo, I mean, we talked about it, right? This has kind of been that team that's had his number. Just Mm -hmm. overall, what did you think of his ability to, you know, kind of have redemption against a team he really wanted to pitch well against? Yeah, I think that was was the key to the game, um, is Pablo basically getting the ball to both sides of the plate. I think that's what he did tonight more than anything. He's got the ball in on those guys, at least made them aware. You know, it it gets you off the changeup a little bit in the two-seamer. Uh, but for the most part, he got the ball in, uh, at least made him aware. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he did it without hitting anybody, uh, getting in off the plate and doing it the right way. He had gotten Alonzo in you know, that first at-bat, but with two runners on, it, was there any consideration in the fourth to uh, putting Alonzo on, or, or were you good with Pablo challenging him in that situation? No, we're up 4 nothing right there. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't think about putting him on. Um, obviously, he's dangerous. We know that, but... You got to trust your guy in that situation. He gives up a homer. He gives up a homer. We're still leading, but definitely not going to walk in there. How important was it, you know, to to leave Pablo feeling with a, a a good feeling coming out of this one? Did you think maybe he could have gone back out for the seventh, or was it really more just about making sure he had a good start against this team in particular? I think he was there. He was at the end, uh, honestly, and you do want to let him have a good start against these guys. Uh, but a lot of times we'll. You know, Mel's seeing things, and, and then we checked with the catcher, and, and he was starting to miss locations and things like that. So, he, you know, he's still at 91 pitches. To push him out there, it didn't seem to make sense. Browse has been throwing the ball good. It was it was a spot, good spot for him, we thought. And, uh, yeah, it was just it kind of just felt like it was just the right time. Richard Blyer with the three balks. It's the only three balks he's had in his entire career. Did it seem like it almost became a little bit personal as that inning progressed? I don't know, but I've just never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, a guy hasn't balked in seven years, and all of a sudden he has three and one hitter. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it's, it's frustrating, that's for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, we got to win, so we're not going to worry about it. It's a massive Ooh. inning for him. I mean, eighth inning, top of the order. I, you know, I, a lot of weirdness there, but that was... No, Richard's been... He's been really good probably for a couple months now he's been throwing the ball good he's given up a couple of runs where he gives up the you know kind of like to not necessarily like tonight but where he'll give up a double or something like that and and we just about get out of it and the guy gets a hit with two outs or something but uh, for the most part he's been throwing the ball good we thought that was a decent part of the order for him uh he's gonna get a couple of lefties and you know frankie we turn him around to the right side which he's pretty even, but feel a little better with the lefty. You kind of have to talk to the umpires. What did they say to you about like what Byers did in terms of his, the box? I didn't go out to talk about that. <laughs> I'm not not gonna. I know I'm gone when I walk out of the dugout, but it's just ridiculous for me. But you know, again, I guess you see something new every day in this game, and that was new for sure. Don, does it mean anything extra to beat a team in the heat of the pennant race at their home? You know what it means for for us. I mean, I, I think. You know, we're going to have Atlanta for three at the end of the year, and that's going to be important too. I think it's uh, for us, you know, obviously in our situation, we want our guys to play hard. And, uh, and out of respect to everyone in the game, really, the other, you know, out of respect to Atlanta, uh, 
you know, it's, it's up to us to go out and play hard and, and give our best effort. And so that, that part feels good. You guys didn't get distracted by the box, so you guys went on and beat the Mets. Well, you know, Richard ends up getting getting Alonzo there, and then Flo did a you know did a great job there in the ninth. He's been he's been really good lately. So you, know, you feel good when he gets into the game with a two run lead. It'd have been better with a three run lead and to go through with all that. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, we get it done. Risk for Miggy. Is it his wrist again, just acting up? Yeah, just a little bit of the tendonitis in that wrist. It flares up at different times on different swings, and then tonight it was a little different. It got into his throwing hand a little bit and up into the forearm, so we wanted to be careful with it. And the disappointment with Coop effectively ending his season. Yeah, yeah, Coop. I mean, you hate to have a guy get hit late. Like, I mean, you know, I hate, hate to have a guy break his wrist at any point, right? But. You know, for a guy that's going into the off season, you don't want to go into the off season having to deal with. You know, now you're in a rehab situation. All right, that was Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the victory over the New York Mets last night. Again, we've got plenty of folks to hear from. Uh, let's start again. Pick things up with Pablo Lopez, who really was fantastic for the Marlins last night. We talked about it. You were looking forward to this matchup tonight, the opportunity to get redemption against a team who had had your number all season. Just what stood out to you about the way you were able to bounce back against them tonight? Yeah, I can tell you how good this one feels. Like you, like you mentioned that I mentioned, like I've been looking forward to this one and just being able to put together the start that Jacob and I put together really like is very fulfilling. You know, like obviously there was a mistake there after two hits that I couldn't control anything about that, but. After that, you know, it was really good to know that the, the, the offensive picked me up, you know, like the Mets got the lead by one run, next inning we were back on, like, putting uh, putting runs on the board. So, like, that's just, like, really reassuring that they have my back and I just have to go out there, compete, make quality pitches and control what I can control. So, yeah, I think just being able to work ahead and mix pitches when we needed to really, like, really was what helped us today to navigate that lineup. You got Pete Alonso in his first at bat, had him fly out to center, I think. In that second at bat, when he had a couple runners on, just how do you balance, especially seeing how aggressive he was with some of his swings on your pitches, how do you balance, how do you balance, you know, attacking him with also knowing that he is a guy that can do damage with one swing? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, the hottest guy in their lineup, one of the best hitters in the league with for power and, you know, for clutch moments like that. So it's just one of those things that base open, but at the same time, you're up by four, so you want to go and try to get the guy. And I went with my best pitch, you know, I went with my best pitch, and I think the pitch was even outside the strike zone. But I mean, he's a good batter. He's been doing this for like quite a few years now, and like he put the barrel on and like hit it out with men on bases. You know, that's the one hit, the one big hit of the night that I could not avoid. And like I said, I went with my strengths, I went with my changeup, and it was, it was actually not a bad pitch. He just put a good swing on it, and like, just one of those things that just after that happened, you just have to go back into like uh, attack mode. You know, what I'm saying I think after that I was able to get the next two guys out with like four or five, five pitches, which is it's just what I can control. Pablo, how do you feel your arm strength is right now, and, and just overall how your stuff has held up to this point of the season? No, I think my arm strength is there, probably even better than it was at the beginning of the year. I think my my velo has been able to hold up higher than it was early in the season, which is a good sign. You know, it's a good sign of how routines, how making sure that you're taking care of your body. Like, it really goes a long way. And just having the help of guys like Sandy, who's been doing this for so long, and Jacob's been catching great pitchers for a long time. And obviously then you have bigger minds like Mel, who's been doing this for so long, the athletic training stuff. So it's just one of those things that I'm really, really proud of, really on, and really happy that I've been able to 
maintained these for 31 starts now and looking forward to the next one. That was Pablo Lopez after the Marlins' victory over the Mets. Let's hear from Garrett Cooper. Unfortunately, sustained a fracture to the fifth metacarpal. His season is over. Coop, I know there are situations when you've been hit. It's, it's more kind of a wait-and-see basis. Uh, with this one tonight, did you feel it? Obviously, right away, it looked like you were in a lot of pain. Yeah, it hit the top of the knuckle, so uh, kind of felt like felt like the break immediately. It just, you know, when you get hit in a spot like that, uh, you know, with no really protection in that bone, um, you know, you hope for the best, but, you know, the way it felt as soon as I got hit and, you know, just unfortunate, you know. Just injury luck seems to, you know, pretty comical at this point, and you know, almost made it, almost made it this year without, uh, you know, something serious. But, you know, just another, another, uh, you know, grind off season to get through another injury. Uh, they don't think it's surgery's needed, so that's the that's the good thing. So hopefully, you know, anywhere from four to eight weeks, you know, I'll talk with the hand specialist in Miami, uh, get a better picture tomorrow. Um, but, you know, with the x-ray, it didn't show anything, you know, super severe with the fracture, uh, like surgery-wise. So, you know, just a, just a fracture right through the knuckle and, you know, just got to move forward and, you know, get ready in the off season. What are the emotions with eight days left? Is it just, here we go again? Now, you do go into the off season, not healthy. You have to deal with this instead of trying to have a normal off season. Yeah, you know, I think that was the number one thing, uh, you know, being excited to go through an off season where, you know, you're not rehabbing for the first four weeks to, you know, get back to. But it's nothing like having faced before. So, you know, it's another challenge to come back strong again next year and, you know, do the same thing over and over again. But, you know, it's just frustrating at this point. There's really no, really no other, other thing to say about it. Uh, you know, just happy there's no surgery that will be needed and, you know, just rest and recovery, you know, for a few weeks and get back to doing normal things in, you know, a month. Koopa, I know we, we just talked recently, I, as disappointing as this is, you still set career highs this season in games played, played appearances, uh, at-bats, doubles, walks. Do you, do you still take some, some value, some pride in the fact that this was the deepest uh, that you had been able to play in a season before? Yeah, I think there's pride in that. Um, you know, I felt like I've had a good year uh, overall. You know, besides those, you know, a few weeks in there where I went through a little cold stretch, uh, you know, I felt like I played, you know, some of my best baseball this year. And, uh, you know, just just getting through, uh, you know, 100 and whatever games I've played this year, uh, you know, I'd be a lot happier to say, you know, finishing these next eight games, uh, you know, would have put me in a better spot, you know, just, you know, mentally going into the offseason. Uh, it just, you know, it's a fight, fight daily in baseball mentally. So you just, you know, they have another setback and – but. You know, it's nothing serious, that serious. So hopefully just rest and recovery and, you know, build on a good season and, you know, come into spring training next year. That was Garrett Cooper after uh, breaking his pinky finger in last night's ball game. Unfortunate for Coop, you could hear the displeasure in his voice, really just wanted to finish the season strong. And as we wrap things up, uh, let's hear from Richard Blyer, who was a part of the eighth inning um, for the second time this century. A pitcher balked three times in a game, although Blyer did it three times in one inning. Richard, three balks in an inning. It's the only three balks you've ever had in your entire career. What was the conversation as far as what you were trying to tell the first base umpire versus what he was trying to tell you? Depends on at what point you're asking the conversation was. But in the beginning, it was um, 
he he said I didn't come set, which I clearly disagreed with. Um, it, I think there was it's the same move I've been doing my entire career, um, and have never been called for a balk ever. Uh, so the first one, I, I, I which I don't think was a balk. I watched the video. He called, and then after that, uh, it was you know they're clearly not box, but uh, he. I don't know. I, I, I just have no idea. Words cannot describe what just happened in that inning on my end. Um, it's something that I've never, like I said, I've never balked before, and I've been in the league for parts of seven seasons, and um, it, it, I, I just don't, I have no, I don't know. I don't know what just happened. That was wild. Did you feel like it became almost personal as that inning progressed? I, I don't, I, no, I don't. I, I just, um, I think he, he thought he saw something or saw something that I was or wasn't doing. And um, I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to speak on his behalf. I just know what he told me about, um, you know, I wasn't coming set. And I, like I said, it's the same move I've been doing. And, um, you know, and even when he, after the first, the second one or whatever, the second one, he came over and he said, uh, you know, you're, you're not stopping. I'm just going to, like, I'm going to tell you what, you know, I'm just going to tell you why I'm calling him. You know, so it wasn't like he was, you know, I mean, I, I was clearly unhappy with the first one, and then the second one is just ridiculous, and the third one is is embarrassing. Um, but um, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I really got like I didn't really say much until after the fact, um, or maybe after the third one. I don't, I don't know, something around, but definitely not the first two. It's, I mean, it's a, I can't even believe what just happened. He obviously had a close eye on you when you came into game. Do you think that came from the opposite side? To hey, we obviously see something watching him. Please keep an eye on him. I have no idea. Um, like I said, I, I can't speak on that. I don't know what they were doing or what the, who said what. Um, you know, I know all the coaches over there, so um, I know they they're definitely paying attention to the game and will. But I don't. I have no idea uh, if that's something they they were doing or not. How does that affect you moving forward? Will you continue to do the same thing moving forward? In hopes that it's not going to get called. I don't. I don't know. Hopefully, it happens in another seven years. I have no idea. Um, uh, you know, it's. I don't know. I'll go practice. I, I don't even know what to practice because I have no idea what just happened. Um, it that was. <laughs> I just cannot describe what just. I really can't. You kept your cool. I was going to say you kept your cool and got out of the inning and bad deal. Yeah, I, I'm happy that I limited damage and uh, and I was able to get the ground out there. Of obviously one of the better hitters in the league, um, and then Florida did a nice job, and we you know we won, so it didn't cost us the game, um, and it, it it didn't really affect much other than uh, just it, it, it's an embarrassment of, for the game. <laughs> so I mean I I don't know I I don't know yes, but I'm glad that I was able to get out of the inning. Was there a difficulty just you know? Richard Blyer after the Marlins uh, victory over the Mets. That was uh, a rather odd eighth inning. Uh, Blyer really, all things considered, did a nice job to get out of the inning, only allowed the run uh, in rather unconventional fashion. So uh, Marlins beat the Mets, and that sets up a uh, ball game coming your way tonight at 7-10 when Jesus Lazardo goes opposite of the right-hander Taiwan Walker with the air again at 640 with the Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. 
that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.